Welcome this morning. I'm glad to just continue talking about prayer with you guys this morning. Uh, yeah, like Josh said, my name's Josh Gardner, um, and I'm just excited to get into this with you guys. So if you want to, go ahead and grab your Bible out. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there's always a Bible under your seat for you to use um, every Sunday morning. And uh, like we say here, if, if you don't have a Bible, man, take that one home. Take it home with you. It's yours. Um, and so we're going to just continue to, to talk about this topic of prayer. Um, and man, there's so much to be said, so, so much to be said. Books on books on books on books have been written. Sermons on sermons on sermons have been preached. Uh, man, but this morning I just want to focus on uh, something I think that we just, we miss um, when we talk about prayer. Um, the reality is a lot of times when we talk about prayer, when we think about prayer, we think about it as something that we either have to do or, or, or just something that we do um, as Christians. Um, it's something that, or yeah, it's something that we have to do. And maybe even might be a last ditch effort, like a plead with God, maybe, is what you think about prayer. Or like you've tried everything else in the book, you've tried to do your thing and work your magic, but okay, now I need to come to God in prayer and, and maybe he'll do something with this situation that I'm in. Um, and that's a lot of times how we view prayer. Um, but in reality, when we look at scripture, we look and we see that prayer isn't this, this thing that, um, that we, that we um, have to do to be accepted by God. It's not this thing that we just do and it's rote and we just do it. It's actually a way of life and it's really a way of depending on God. Because the reality is, if you're a Christian in the room, if you're a Christian, you've already depended on God in your life. Amen? Like, you have depended on God for your relationship with him. You, you could not call yourself a Christian unless you said, man, I know that Jesus, who's God, he came down and he, he lived the life as 100% God, 100% man. He lived a life that I couldn't live. He lived it perfectly but then he died the death that I certainly deserve because of my sin. And so now, because I believe in what Jesus has done, not what I have done, but what God has done for me, that now I have a relationship with him and that I can be called his son or his daughter. I'm called a child of God because of what God has done for me. And so if you're a Christian in the room, you've already depended on God. And so prayer is this way of life this way of, it's really the way of the Christian life in which we continue in how he's brought us in. Independence on God, we continue to depend on him in life through prayer. Through prayer. And so, um, just real quick, I want to get a meter of what's kind of going on in the room. How many of you, our Christians, would say, man, I wish my prayer life was better? just generalize it was better. Anybody? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, a lot of you would say, man, I just wish my prayer life was, be was better because we know this. We, we want to depend on God more. We want our first thought to be, like no matter if it's uh, something good is happening in our life, something bad is happening in our life, or something just neutral, or life is just going on, we want our first thought to be dependence on God and trusting him because we know God's sovereign over all things, that he loves us and he cares for us and that he's a good father who wants to give good gifts to his children. But we also know as Christians that the world is evil, that there's evil in this world and there's hatred and, and there's so many wrong things going on and that we are called as Christians to go out into the world and to love our neighbor, 
care for the orphan and for the widow, to care for the marginalized, to go out and do these things that are completely impossible on our own strength. So it makes sense that we know this. We want to do this. We want to depend on God more. We want a better prayer life. And we feel it. We know that we need his presence in our lives. And and so what I want to do is I just want to, um, I want to, uh, remind you of a couple months ago as we were walking through the path of flourishing if you were here there, um, we talked about becoming like Jesus and, and following Jesus and in, in that pathway in that part of the pathway we talked about Josh talked about this idea of how Jewish rabbis or the Jewish teachers of the age they had these apprentices called Talmudin do you remember this? Maybe some of you? Okay so and the whole point of this apprentice was to be exactly like their rabbi like eat what they ate, sleep where they slept, do what they did, uh, see the things that are important in their lives, and make them the most important in your life. That you were supposed to become exactly who your rabbi was. And when we become followers of Jesus, this is what Jesus calls us to do, is to come and follow him and to examine him and to to look upon him and to do these things is to make what is most important to him most important to us. And what I want to just show you today, and, and we miss it so easily, is that something that was most important to Jesus was this, was prayer, was dependence on God in prayer, in silence, and trusting him daily. Um, and so what I want to do is, why don't you just open up your Bible to Mark chapter 1, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And, and what I want to do is I just want to walk through a couple different parts of the Gospels where we see, um, we see this. We see what Jesus is doing. So yeah, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. says this, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, He departed, he being Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Okay, so to kind of give some background, this is like right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and he's just had a marathon of ministry. And what I mean by that is he's healing people, he's casting out demons, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, like all these things are happening. His disciples are with him, right? It's been a long day, and so they go to sleep. Um, But Jesus rises early before the disciples, before they even know that he's up, he wakes up and he goes to what is called in here the desolate place. In, in Greek, it's eremos, which is used in all these different patches, passages we're going to read. And that word can be translated as desolate place, or, or I really like the translation, quiet place. And Jesus finds, he goes away from everyone else before his disciples have woken up, and he goes away and he prays. He goes to a quiet place and he depends on God. He prays. He seeks God's wisdom. He, he just engages in a relationship with God in that, right? In his already 
made relationship that he has. He engages in it and he asks for clarity. And then when the disciples are searching around for him and they finally find him, <clears throat> which means he was kind of hiding from them, uh, he was out there, um, he knew what they needed to do next. That God, in this moment of Jesus depending on him, gave him clarity to say, okay, here is what's next for your ministry, now go. And so Jesus made this the top priority. He woke up early and he went. How many of you hate waking up early? Can I get a... Yeah, me too. I'm like the worst. I'd rather stay up till 3 a.m. and get the thing done or whatever. Like in college, I'd stay up till 3 a.m. to study. I, was, I tried to wake up three hours before a test one time. It didn't work. It didn't work. But what Jesus does is he makes a point to wake up early and go. He makes it a top priority. Um, now flip over a couple pages over to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 30. <clears throat> And it'll be up on the screen for you too. And the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Um, For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. So the disciples are are coming to Jesus. And and in this moment, there's excitement because ministry is happening. They're healing people. They're they're casting out demons. They're doing all these things that Jesus was doing. And they're excited about what's going on. And and Jesus' response to this is not, go, yes, good, go back out there and keep doing, keep doing this thing. Keep keep healing, keep doing all these things. He says, this is amazing. Now, Now let's stop. Let's take a pause and let's depend on God. Let's go to the desolate place. Let's go to the quiet place. Let's get away with God and focus on our relationship with the Father and trust him and trust him. Um, And what's interesting about this passage is that um, when they're on the boat, they don't actually get there. Because if you remember right after this, if you look a little bit ahead, um, right after this, on their way, they kind of get stopped by this huge crowd um, of 5,000 that don't have food, right? And Jesus has compassion, and he stops, and he feeds the 5,000, right? And <clears throat> so after that, you're like, well, wait a second. Well, they didn't actually go there then, so was it really a priority for Jesus? But I want you to keep reading. So Mark 6:45 says this, immediately... He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. So even after this long day of excitement and things are going on, Jesus uh, made a priority to, after all that had been done, even though they got distracted from them actually going to um, get away and be with God and depend on him, Jesus still made a point to get away and be with God. Um, Jesus was persistent in this. Jesus was persistent in this and he made a habit of it. Um, He made a habit of it. He made a habit of spending time with God. And the reason for that is not because he was just like always like a like a good godly person, like that wasn't the reason. The reason was because he knew that all life, that true life came from the Father and that there wasn't life in anything else. Um, And so he wasn't gonna work himself to death. He was going to trust God and God's power and God's authority in this time. So I just wanna mention one more time. So if you flip over to Luke chapter five, 
Luke chapter 5, verse 15. says this, but now even more the report about him, Jesus, went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw from, I'm sorry, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So Jesus had just healed a, a man of leprosy um, in this moment, and he had, the man of leprosy was just like so excited, told everyone what was going on, told everyone about what Jesus was doing, and so he goes, or so all these people start showing up, like, hey, we've heard what you can do, um, and we need to be healed. We have all these infirmities, right? And in this moment, again, we see that it says, but he would withdraw to desolate places. So repeatedly, again and again and again, even in this, uh, even in all this excitement that Jesus would withdraw to go back to the source of true life. Go back to the source of true life. So prayer was a daily importance to Jesus um, because he knew that true and full life came from the Father, and he, he knew that it was the most important thing in his life was his relationship that he had with the Father, with his Father. And so, um, yeah, and so there, there are a lot more examples of this. Like, if, you're, if you, next time you read through one of the Gospels, just consider this, because I noticed that it's really easy for us to miss this, because it's usually like one sentence, right? It's one sentence. A lot of times it's easy for us to remember that Jesus healed people and that he, he cast out demons and he did these crazy miracles, like raise people from the dead. Like we remember that stuff, right? And we're like, dang, how did he do that? Um, and, uh, well, he's God. But anyway, but he, um, but we don't see this, his habit of trusting in God and, and going away with him. And, and what's funny is that the disciples saw the same thing um, because the disciples were obviously with him. The 12 were with him all the time. They saw him casting out demons and doing all these amazing things. But the New Testament writers and the writers of the gospel, they never mention that the disciples, and, and maybe they did, okay, but they, the, the gospel writers never mention that the disciples asked how to cast out demons, heal people, or anything like that, any miracles. But they do ask Jesus how to pray. They do ask Jesus how to pray. Um, and, and I think it's really important for us because we know, like, it was important to Jesus, for Jesus to, or it was important to Jesus to pray. I mean, we know that we should pray, that we should depend on God. But some of us are stopped by, man, I don't know what to pray. Like, I really don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray for. Like, maybe I know, like, yeah, obviously, if, like, I have a friend who's sick or there's something, a crisis going on, but in my everyday life, like, what do I, what do I even pray for? And so, I want you to flip to Luke chapter 11, where the disciples ask this question. <clears throat> and Jesus just says it very plainly, and he gives them just a, a template to pray from. A template, like an order of like, hey, here's the things that are important to God that you should um, ask him for and uh, praise him for. So he says this, now, so now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, 
teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And so Jesus shows them plainly, hey, here's a template. Here's what you can pray. Um, And something that, uh, man, I've, every time I struggle with, like, man, what do I pray in this moment? You can always pray God's word back to him. Like no matter what you're reading, like if you're reading in scripture and you're like, and you read this and, and, or you read a part where it's just like, Jesus telling people, love your, love your enemies, right? And pray for them. And you're just like, you can just pray that like simply. You don't have to come up with some crazy words or this poetry or like no other verses in the Bible and you're referencing them to God. Like that, God doesn't, like that doesn't impress him. You can simply say, God, help me love my enemies, right? And so what I want to do is I just want to practice this. I want to practice praying this together. Can we do that? Um, I want to practice praying this together. And I do want to say, man, if, if, you, if you came with a friend and maybe you're, you're not a Christian in the room and maybe this is a little bit weird to you, I just want to say, you know, like in this moment, just observe what's going on. You don't have to pray. We're not forcing you to do anything. There's not something weird happening to you. Um, but this is for the people of God to be able to just to pray and to ask God and to just practice even our prayer together. Um, and, and I want to say this too for, for you who, who are going to pray in this time. Um, there's there's a, a pastor that I, just, I love in Texas named Matt Chandler and he, he says this all the time about prayer. He says, pray what you got. Meaning you don't have to come up with something crazy like I was saying. You don't have to come up with something crazy. You can look at the text and just say, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do that, because I got nothing better than that. Just do that. Bring about that, God. Or if you don't know how to pray, you can even pray, God, help me to pray. God loves to hear us in that. So what I want to do is maybe just get into a posture. Maybe that's uh, closing your eyes. Maybe that's leaving your eyes open. Maybe that's with your Bible open, your Bible closed. Maybe that's with a journal. I don't know how you best pray, but just get kind of into that posture. And what I want to do is I want to just walk us through these things and and give you a little bit of time to pray um, through them. And so the first one, man, Jesus says to pray this, Father, hallowed be your name. So in this time, man, praise Jesus for what he's done. Praise God for who he is, that God is, he's sovereign over all things. He loves you perfectly. He's a good God. Man, Jesus even says, man, how, that the good father will give good gifts to those who ask. Praise him that he listens, that he cares for you, that he knows everything about you. He knows more about you than anyone else. That he cares for you. Ask him that his name would be lifted high, that his name would be exalted in your heart, that he would reign supreme over everything else in your heart, in your mind, and that he would reign supreme over everything around us, our, our families, our neighborhoods, our cities, our states, our country, our world. He would reign supreme. Just praise him. And then secondly, pray this, that 
your kingdom come, that God's kingdom, his, his kingdom would come on this earth, meaning that God's glory would be shown everywhere, that his glory would be known in the ends of the earth, that every tribe, tongue, and nation would know what Christ has done for them on the cross. That his kingdom would come in our our lives, that as Christians, that he would bring about sanctification in us, that we would become more like Christ, that he would make us more like Christ that we would go out and, and bring about the kingdom in our, our families and our neighborhoods by loving and caring for and sharing the gospel in them. That his right rule would reign over everything. And then give us this day our daily bread. In this time, pray for the things that you need. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need, need something you need to be provided for. You need food on your table. You need a roof over your head. You need something physical. Pray for that. Maybe you need, and <clears throat> um, maybe you need something spiritual. Maybe you need faith in this time. Maybe there's things going on in your life that you just you don't want to trust God with. Ask him to provide you with enough faith for today. For hope and trust in him alone. Maybe you need love and compassion for your neighbor. Maybe you've grown bitter towards the people around you or maybe it's a family member or people that God has called you to love, you've grown bitter towards. If you need love, the love of Christ. He says to pray for this. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And this is the time where you can repent of sin. God already knows the sin that that you have committed before him and you can repent of that, you can turn away from that knowing that Christ has already died for it. Christ has already died for it. If you believe in Christ, you've already been brought into a right relationship with God. There's no fear in this. You can come before him. He knows you can come before him and repent of these things. You can turn away from them. Give them to him in this time. I say be specific in this. Don't generalize your sin. <clears throat> be specific. God knows. There's grace, forgiveness for you. And ask for the grace to forgive those around you who sin against you. When, when those sin against you, that your response would not be retaliation, but it would be love and repentance and the grace of Christ. And then lastly, we pray this. Lead us not into temptation. In this time, you can pray those things that you just repented of, that you can pray that God would um, lead you away from those things, that he give you strength in the temptation to, um, to overcome those things, that the Holy Spirit would go before you in that, um, but that God would just keep you from evil and that he would 
uh, keep you from evil and keep evil from you. That he'd lead you away from things that fill your life um, or the things that, that you worship over God that fill your life. That he'd eliminate those things that you worship, the idols that you worship above God. So God, I do pray for us in that. God, I pray. God, I pray that you would make us a people of prayer that praise your name daily, that, con- that contend. God, that pray for our neighbor and pray for your kingdom to come. God, that we come to you in dependence knowing that you're, that you're good and that you provide what is needed for us, God. God, that you're good and that you, you want us to come and repent of the things that we have done against you, knowing that there's full forgiveness because of the blood of Christ. God, in that you want to, by your spirit, protect us and sanctify us and make us more like Jesus. So God, I, th- I thank you. I thank you that you teach us how to pray. I thank you that you give us prayer. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, so now that we kind of know how to or what to pray, man, you can, you can continually pray through this and every time the Lord's gonna reveal different things, different things that are going on in your life that you need to pray for in this. Um, and this is why Jesus gave them this example. Um, but the the last thing I want to talk about is this, that the disciples, when they asked this, they, they, they saw that Jesus was going away constantly, right? Sometimes he'd bring them along with him, like we saw. Um, and they asked him, man, what do we pray? But they also saw his habit of prayer. And in the beginning, I asked, man, how many of you desire a better prayer life, and a, and a lot of you said, yeah, man, I, I do. I wish I had a better prayer life. Um, and the reality is that's really good, but that's really good to have that, that desire, but the problem is desire is just not enough, right? Like, we know this. We know that our desires to do things, like um, New Year's resolution time, right? And you desire to lose weight or not eat junk or uh, spend less time working and more time with your family or, or whatever it is, right? And the reality is if, if the only thing you have, if the only thing you do is, man, I really want that this year, it's not gonna happen, right? You have to place things in your life that are going to move about these goals. And so the reality is if we want to make prayer a priority in our life, and really it's not even that, if we want to make dependence on God a priority in our life, and we know the way we do that is through prayer, then we have to schedule time in, just like Jesus did. He made it a priority. Um, And so we have to schedule in. So here's what I want you to do. So I just want you to grab your phone out. Okay, so grab your phone out. If you put scheduling in your phone, if you don't, like if you don't put alarms or schedules in your phone, man, just get a piece of paper out and write these things down and put it in your, your uh, planner or whatever you kind of schedule things out. Or maybe you put a sticky note on your, win, uh, on your um, uh, mirror in your bathroom or maybe it's on your console in your car. I used to do that a lot to remind myself of things. Um, and I wanna do, what I want you to do is I just want you to pick three times this week three times this week um, where you do this, you go back to Luke 11 and you just pray through those things. 
You just pray through those things. So pick three times. And man, it would be best to pick the same time every day. So if you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something at 8 a.m., maybe try to keep it that way. It's just easier, right? Like you know this, like if you do like 403 one day and 602 the next day and like it's gonna be confusing for you. So you can find a time and a lot of times it's easier to do it right at night. I recommend do it like either right at night before you go to bed or in the morning, the first thing you do when you wake up. It's just easiest time. Get yourself to wake up a little bit early or um, maybe get yourself away for the last 20, 30 minutes before you go to bed. I'm gonna do this. And here's the reality. We have to schedule this time in with Jesus and it's, it's not legalism to schedule it in. A pastor that I, that I sat under in Texas, he always said um, that um, if we don't schedule it in, everything else will schedule it out. We have to schedule time in with God. And it's not legalism because here's the deal. When I was back in Texas last week um, visiting my family, we had time with my family and time with my wife's family. And we had like one day or half of, really half of two days where I had some time to meet with some other people that I just love for that, that are like my family. But I had to schedule that time in. And if I didn't, I didn't get to see them. And so the same way, if we want to be dependent on God, if we know that he's good and that he's loving and that he wants to help us in our pursuit of his kingdom and, and help us of our pursuit of our friends and our neighbors and help in our contending for those around us, for the gospel, um, he wants to provide what we need, then we have to spend time, we have to schedule time with him. So um, let me just pray for us. Let me pray for us to that end. God, I pray that you, um, God, that this wouldn't just be something that, that we do this week and we're, we check it off and we're done, God, but that you would develop in us this dependence on you, God. God, knowing that you're good and that you love us and um, God, I pray that you give us a desperate, not just a knowledge in our head, but in our heart of our need to go to the desolate place, to go to the quiet place daily with you, to sit down and rest in your presence, to know that you've done all the things for us in Christ and that we have to, we're not approaching you in fear or approaching you in trying to be accepted, but approaching you in full acceptance as sons and daughters, knowing, God, that you want to have a relationship with us. You want to grow your relationship with us that you've started in Christ that you want to give us what we need. God, you've given us a new purpose in Christ to go into the world and share your love with those around us and you give us the power to do that by your spirit. So I pray, would you make flourishing grace of people dependent on you. We love you, it's in Jesus' name.